0: I am intentional. I will plot and choose my course. I will not wait to be blown from place to place. I will do more than just react. I will choose who I want to be and work to make that a reality. I am wholehearted. I will interact with the world from a place of worthiness, knowing my identity. I will work to be able to feel, understand, and express my emotions. I will allow my true self to be known. I will leave my heart open to connect with others in a wholehearted way. I am a man. I have the responsibility to provide for my family, both temporally and spiritually. I will use my special gifts to be able to make the world a better place. I will protect and defend the vulnerable. I will stand up when others sit down. I will engage with others of like mind to strengthen and lift one another. I am an intentionally wholehearted man. Today we will be discussing being whole. Being whole is being a complete and uncompartmentalized person, allowing our whole selves to be known, not hiding behind competition and comparison, living our individual values all of the time, not creating areas of our lives where we live against our values, When we do not consistently live our values, it eventually brings disconnection and pain. Before getting into the meat of this episode today, I want to talk a little bit about why I am doing this podcast. This podcast is not specifically about addiction or recovery. This podcast is about becoming the best men we can possibly be. I'm going to share many things that are universal These things apply to men and women. These are things that everyone can relate to and can learn from. The thing is that I'm a man, and I work with men. I see that men often lack the recognition, understanding, and a place to discuss emotional and cognitive principles far more than women do. With men, there is far more of the belief that I have to do it on my own. If I do not do it by myself, it is not good enough. If I get help, I am weak. Men often do not look at therapy or talking about their feelings in any type of positive light. We have been hurt and let down when we have tried to share our feelings and emotions. When our anger or frustration as a child came out, we were punished for it. We were often told that we were not allowed to be angry. Anger or frustration were bad. The problem is, all that was seen or addressed was the anger or frustration. We were often not taught to dig in and understand the emotions and feelings that were actually there leading to the overarching anger. Part of the problem is that anger is often made up of a mixture of other feelings. If we just push down or avoid the frustration and anger but do not deal with or even recognize the feelings that are leading to and making up the anger, we leave those things to blow up again. I learned these things through being driven to a place where I was sure my marriage was over, a place where I could barely see a way out, a place where I was willing to try anything, even going to a therapist and talking about emotions. It was through my groups that I found a place, safe place to share and process my story. It was also amazing to hear others share their story, to see that we have similar stories, to see that I was not alone, I was not completely broken, to have others share what they had learned and how they had used those things to make some portion of their lives better, sharing both the hard and the wins in life supporting each other so i will end up talking about recovery a lot because it is is how i learned to live with intention this is where i learned to be a better man who is not hiding behind masks one who is striving to be whole and to show up for others with my whole soul One who knows my identity and is able to show up in my life with nothing to fear, prove, or hide. When moving around as a child, so many times I felt alone and I just wanted to quit. I often felt unwanted. I never wanted others to feel that way. So I would go up to those who seemed out of place or looked like they did not belong and introduce myself. I did not want others to have to feel the way I did. So even if it is in this online community, I want others to see and know that they are not alone. They are not the only ones doubting themselves. I want others to know that there are things that can make life better and that each of us can change and achieve more. We are not defined by our mistakes or the things we have done. The mistakes we have made are chances to learn and to move forward. It may not be easy, but don't you stop. May we remember that success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So today I want to discuss compartmentalization. Compartmentalization is a defense mechanism in which people mentally separate conflicting thoughts, emotions, or experiences to avoid the discomfort of contradiction. Compartmentalization is one way that is used to avoid and work around cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is the discomfort a person feels when their behavior does not align with their values or beliefs. Compartmentalization is something men do far more than women. Many men have learned to compartmentalize from experiences in sports and with peers. It is held up and needed in many professions that males gravitate to. A couple of major examples are the military, police, fire, and other emergency response personnel. Compartmentalization is not always bad. There are times where we need to push something aside to accomplish something more important at the time. The problems with compartmentalization come in when we use compartmentalization to avoid ever dealing with those hard issues. Compartmentalization in a work scenario is something that we may need to do, but can become problematic when those things are never opened up or dealt with. I was just talking to a friend who teaches trauma awareness for police officers. He was discussing how all of the little traumas add up over the career of an officer. He mentioned the number of suicides among officers and former military. There are far too many of both happening. This can often come from just trying to deal with the things that have been seen and not knowing how to process those things. Over time, when they build up, they can completely overwhelm the senses. Another major place where I see compartmentalization is when we go against our values. Someone who values honesty, but cheats on a test or lies in an interview might compartmentalize this as everyone does it. This is a way to deal with the cognitive dissonance of not living up to our own values. This is a way to say that I'm still a good person despite what I did. Someone who values honesty, but regularly lies in business. For them, this can get compartmentalized as, this is just business, I'm a good man, But this is how business gets done. Someone who values love and honesty in their relationship, but turns to porn or affairs. Some common compartmentalizations here are that lots of people do it, or I just needed to feel better. One big thing that a lot of people get wrong about addiction and compulsions is that the addictions are the problem when in fact, those addictions are the bad solution to our real emotional issues that build up until we end up acting out. This is where people turn to alcohol to just numb the pain or overwhelm or shame. Others turn to porn or affairs when they feel like they are unable to find connection Compartmentalization is something we do to separate the actions that go against our values from the rest of our life. The problem is that compartmentalization leaves holes in our lives. It leaves those around us wondering who we really are. It leaves reactions that others can't understand. When others close to us get close to our compartments, We often have defense strategies or reactions to protect and keep others away from those compartments. We might get angry. We might detach. We might lash out. All to keep that compartmentalization safe. We often do not understand the reaction or why we are doing it. The longer the compartmentalization goes on, the more protective we can become of it. The compartments become a part of who we are. We are no longer whole. We are fragmented. We may also feel that we need it to even function. If the compartment was ever opened and let out, we feel it would overwhelm us and all those around us. When compartmentalization is used to cover for not truly living our values, these integrity issues also bleed into other parts of our lives we often think that we are completely hiding our integrity issues but they show up in many other parts of our lives integrity issues damage relationships and our own belief in ourselves this compartmentalization and separation from our values damages our soul It also leaves completely open doors for shame. Shame loves those times when you have not lived up to your own values. It comes in and constantly reminds you of every time you have hidden and pushed away not living up to your values. Shame uses the things hiding in these compartments to pry open our resolve. It says, you've done it before or this is just a little more. Shame attacks and destroys our worth and our identity. When we do not know who we are and do not believe we are, have any worth, we are in a very bad place. When we consistently rely on compartmentalization to avoid dealing with difficult emotions The repressed emotions can create long-term emotional and psychological consequences. We can become detached from our feelings, leaving them unaddressed and hindering our ability to show up as a whole person. When we fail to process and integrate our emotions, they can linger beneath the surface, influencing our thoughts, behaviors, and relationships in subtle ways Over long periods of time, compartmentalization can even affect our physical health. So what can we do to address compartmentalization? First, recognize and see what and where we are compartmentalizing in our life. Recognition is one of the first and most important things we can do. The next thing is to truly live our values. Much of compartmentalization comes from how we are living, not matching our values. One of the biggest things is to identify and live our values. This makes it so we do not need to further compartmentalize. We then can work on admitting how we have not lived up to our values and deal with the consequences and hurt those actions have caused. Next is learning to understand name, and express our emotions. They're there to inform us of the things going on around us. But when we start to allow and feel our emotions, it can be very hard, especially if we have compartmentalized and pushed them down for most of our lives. Give yourself permission to feel your emotions, understanding that they are a natural part of the human experience. Journaling can be a great way to process and understand your emotions as well. For larger issues, and especially when getting started, working with a trained professional is very important. They can help to guide opening up those compartments and dealing with the content slowly and in a structured way. I have found great help from working with a therapist, and a trained professional to go through some of the compartmentalizations in my own life. Another thing that can be very helpful is sharing the things hidden in the compartments of our lives with trusted men. This can be a very freeing experience. It is important to build a band of brothers who you can be open with and who can call us out on our crap. Men who can hear and see our story. Men who are willing to be vulnerable and care for one another. Recent statistics show that one in seven men say they have no close friends. And only 50% have more than three close friends. I regularly meet with men who say that they do not have any close friends at all. The ones that say they have close friends, though often say that they do not feel comfortable sharing hard or shameful things with them. For me, it has been amazing to see how often when hard experiences are shared, others nod their head because they can relate. We are not alone in our experiences as much as we may think we are. Ultimately, we need to be striving to be integrated and whole in our lives. There are some people we need in our lives and in our band of brothers if we want to be successful. You need someone who will call you on your crap. You need somebody in your life who can challenge you when you start talking nonsense. You need somebody who expects more from you than you expect from yourself and who sees your potential more clearly than you do. You need somebody in your life who makes you laugh and forget your problems. You need somebody around who can just help lighten the load. You need somebody in your life who doesn't judge you and whose influence helps you stop judging yourself. Finally, you need somebody in your life who thinks differently than you do. You need somebody who can give you a fresh perspective on obstacles that show up in your path. You need somebody around you who approaches problems in a totally different way. They will see solutions you can't see. Brian Tome, in his book, The Five Marks of a Man, has some chapters that I thought fit here as a wrap-up very well. Boys are lone wolves. Men run in packs. Boys hold back emotional expression. Men are affectionate. Boys make each other comfortable, men make each other better, boys tear each other down, men build each other up. May we each find our pack of men who can make us better, build us up, and help us to be the men we ultimately want to be, so that we may show up whole and complete, not compartmentalized and broken. If you have found anything in this podcast helpful, please share it with those you know who it might help, and I look forward to talking to you on a future episode of The Intentionally Wholehearted Man.